Hi, I'm Jasper Pattenden at Wickham Wanderers, and you're listening to Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to the latest episode of the Wickham Wanderers Show. On the way for you in the next hour, in reverse order. <laughs> now I've done it. Uh, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth. We'll hear from Wickham Wanderers women winger turned striker Sally Grimm. Uh, reverse order, reverse order. Uh, oh yes, uh, Vince Faulkner will speak live to him, uh, a member of the Wickham Wanderers X Players Association, of course, at the Social Warm Hub, which is taking place at Adams Park tonight. It's night two of that. It was launched on Tuesday. Trevor Stroud, we'll hear from him, a director of the trust. Um, phew, done it. Uh, and also, uh, we kick off the show, of course, as is now tradition for uh, season three, uh, with uh, a catch up with uh, Phil who I'm sure you're very well aware, but is the head of broadcast uh, and audio at the club. He's the presenter of Ringing the Blues and uh, host of pre-match drills um, on Wanderers TV and uh, is also our match day commentator, of course, uh, for both Wanderers TV and Wickham Sound, where you can hear all games home and away on 106.6 FM. That's possibly the longest introduction I've ever given him. And (laughs) no game, of course, to comment on. I mean, last weekend, but uh, lots to build up to with the visit of Sheffield Wednesday, of course, uh, we spoke to him a little earlier on about uh, what the players have been up to uh, in, their, in their sort of downtime, I suppose you could call it. Yeah, I think some of them are taking the opportunity to, to go away uh, and spend time with their loved ones, family, those who've got children, etc. Um, and I think it's something that Gareth Ainsworth likes to encourage when these opportunities present themselves during the season. Um, I think obviously there's a large element of trust there and, and that's that'll come as no surprise to regular listeners that Gareth Ainsworth and the players have got a good bond. Um, and I think it's a good physical rest um, at this stage of a long season. But I think more importantly, Colin, it's a good mental rest as well. It kind of gives them a chance to to kind of just get a bit of perspective on life. And as timings go as well, they they go into it in a, in a good place in the league off the back of a really good win away at Peterborough. So, yeah, so hopefully uh, we'll see some real benefits from this little break uh, when they take on Sheffield Wednesday at Adams Park on Saturday. It feels like it's come at such a good time as well, doesn't it? Straight after the busy Christmas period as well, which you know you, you imagine can be so demanding for players having to train, you know, over Christmas and that sort of thing. Exactly that, yeah. And and like I said, with family as well, it's for us civilians who get to spend time with their family on Christmas Day as normal and other things like that. Footballers can't, you know, and and I don't think we should feel sorry for them because they they do a wonderful job for a living. But it is quite um, an intense period, physically, mentally, uh, emotionally. If you've got young kids and family as well, and so. I think, yeah, Gareth Ainsworth, it's interesting to see his tactics on this one as well, giving them a bit of time afterwards with this FA Cup weekend that, that presented itself uh, as, a, as, a, as a free weekend. So, yeah, um, hopefully the physical and mental benefits will be there for all to see. And you spoke to Joe Jacobson earlier, that's something you can uh, hear and see on Wanderers TV, of course, and a brilliant insight, I'm sure, into, into you know, what, what the players have been doing during this, during this time. Yeah, what was really interesting with Joe was I asked him if, you know, he's obviously he's been at Wickham for a long time now, but he's he's obviously been at other clubs as well in his career. And I asked him if this approach had been used anywhere else and he said it hadn't. He hadn't experienced it. He certainly hasn't heard of it elsewhere in football as well. So, um, again, it just shows you that kind of like, people management skills that Gareth Ainsworth employs that's, that's slightly different to anywhere else in, in the football pyramids, uh, certainly in the top four divisions. So, yeah, that was very interesting as well. And, you know, Joe's a, a consummate pro as well, uh, and he leads by example as one of the senior players as the club captain. Um, and I think all the players know what's expected of them when they're at the training ground and when they're not. It's really interesting, isn't it? You talk about that relationship, but you know the things that you know the players have done uh, over the years. Obviously, going to to France and to to Rush as well, uh, and and all sorts of other things which you, you perhaps wouldn't expect, but but seem to really benefit them. 
Yeah, I think, you know, when you open up the newspaper these days or whatever, and, you know, you see like the Premier League players on their sort of warm weather training, you know, which I've always sort of wondered about because they then come back into the winter and then it's like you're back in the cold again having people trying to kick you. You would think if they were going to do anything, they should all go maybe go to Iceland or somewhere and, and have people kicking their shins repeatedly uh, to prepare them for the for the winter football. But yeah, I mean, it seems that Wickham, we don't have the budget to shoot off to Dubai, um, unfortunately. But yeah, I think Gareth is very creative in what he does, you know, with his team bonding exercises and, and, and keeping it in the community a lot of the time as well, which again is important for a club like Wickham Wanderers. And speaking of the manager, it feels like, you know, the things that he said recently, you know, saying about the second half of the season being stronger and the players injured, yeah, that, that, there's a real feeling that that's, that's coming to fruition now. Yeah, and even if you take the injuries out of it, if you look at what Wickham did last season, you know, the last 15 games of the season, a tremendous run to get into the playoffs. And so it kind of shows you that that management of the workload over the season and, and the sports science department coming to the fore in that, um, it's something that they've done well in the past and hopefully again this season. And when you factor in the fact they're returning players coming back from injury as well, uh, as well as a few other things to consider too, like, you know, the... Um, the, the senior players now really establishing themselves in what Gareth Ainsworth said was, uh, you know, the the more airtime around the place with the likes of Bayo and Stocko not being here anymore. Uh, it's taken time, I think, for those characters to establish themselves. And, and I think we've really, we can really see a, a clear identity again with Wickham Wanderers with how they play and, and how they're led. And the younger players as well are really starting to get a, a hold in the, in the team and establish themselves as well. Yeah, it's a really good blend, isn't it? You, you often look at great teams in the past and there's a few old heads in there for the experience and then there's some younger legs and pace and excitement to kind of offset that as well. Uh, and we can have that balance at the moment, I think. And it's exciting to watch. And, you know, Anis Rometi is a player that I know Sheffield Wednesday fans are worried about because they've seen what he's done this season. And he had a great assist up there at Hillsborough earlier in the season for Sam Vokes' uh, first goal of the season. So they're concerned about him. Um, which is great news when you think of you know a team like um, Ipswich, Pompey, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, worried about Wickham Wanderers players. I think it's a great place to be. A real excitement uh, from the fans about the fixture as well. Obviously, it was the, the biggest game of the season uh, last time out and, and uh, set to be a bumper crowd at Adams Park again. Yes, yeah, heading for a sellout. Um, we've got um, you know Sheffield Wednesday fans are taking that corner of the Frank Adams as well, an extra 900 seats there. And it means that the home areas, I think as well with Wickham's form, um, should sell out too, um, which should create a, a fantastic atmosphere at Adams Park. And Wickham historically tend to do well on these occasions against the big teams. So, um, yeah, get yourself a ticket if you haven't got one yet, um, because it should be a, a fantastic game. And a great opportunity as well for, for, for Wickham to really demonstrate. You know, we've seen uh, comparatively recently televised games as well. And uh, um, we're, we're Wickham, as you say, have really, really stepped up and shown what they can do and adapt against different opponents. Yeah, I think... They've tended to struggle against the teams down the bottom, you know, where people think, oh, they should beat them. But we tend to raise our game somehow against these these bigger teams, these much more fancied teams. and Or whether it's they feel the pressure a bit more, the bigger teams, and when they come to Adams Park and it's a, a smaller ground than they're used to or, or whatever, I don't know what it is. But whatever the formula is at the moment, it's been working well. Um, you know, beating Pompey and Ipswich at home recently sets them in a good place to take on the Sheffield Wednesday team who, you know, let's not beat about the bush here, haven't lost for 18 games, which is um, quite a daunting record, especially when you consider the last of those 18 games was against third in the Premier League, Newcastle United, who I think themselves have only lost maybe once this season as well, I think. But those runs have to come to an end at some point, and I can think of no better place than Sheffield Wednesday's run to come to an end 
than Adams Park on Saturday. No, absolutely. And, and really exciting, as, as you touched on in, in previous weeks and, and your extended chat with the, the manager uh, for Wanderers TV as well, that you know, it feels like this point of the season, just past the halfway stage, is, is really when um, you know, the, the, there's an extra uh, rocket booster being fired up or something. Yeah, something along those lines, definitely. And it's one of those, it's, it's great now, isn't it? Because all games have got significance now. So even when Wickham aren't playing, you're looking at the results, you're looking at the table, the impact of what's happened to, to, to the table, the teams we've got coming up in the next few weeks. Everything's got that much more of a sharper focus to it now because of it really counts now because we're heading into the business end, aren't we, as they call it. And yeah, even when Wickham weren't playing, it was looking at other results thinking, all right, if these guys don't win or if there's a draw there, then, you know, when we, we stay in this position or, or whatever. And, and fortunately now teams are catching up with the games in hand as well so the table's got a bit more of a realistic look about it um but yeah and what's really good to see is that Wickham are, are very much in the shout of, of um of those playoff places um which is great and there's teams that have got to play each other up there as well the big boys have really got to come to Adams Park I think Bart Ipswich everyone else has to come to Wickham that's uh, left up at the top end of the table now and that could play into Wickham's hands as well and a few rearranged fixtures as well meaning there'll be some extra extra Tuesday night football to look forward to as well which could could be uh, interesting as well yeah, Oxford United uh, later this month and then Fleetwood as well because of their cup exploits. You know, football under the lights is always great. You know, will it impact the squad with the Saturday-Tuesday, Saturday-Tuesday element of it? You would hope that they're well-rested and, and sort of physically and mentally prepared for that when it comes because they will no doubt be big games. I mean, Oxford-Wickham is always a big game regardless of where it falls in the season, regardless of where the two clubs are in the table. Um, so that's going to be a good one. It's just a shame it's not on a Saturday because that would have been another absolutely bumper crowd. On a Tuesday night, it should still be good, but you know we may, we may lose a few numbers um, because of the, of the Tuesday night kickoff. And when the January transfer window uh, now, of course, the manager obviously not giving too much away, but it, it sounds like obviously he's happy with it, the group that he's got and, and, and perhaps there may not be uh, too much in the way of uh, new signings, uh, possibly uh, the old outgoing, but um, it, it looks like that he's, he's, he's keen with you know, the, the strength of the side that he's got. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's a good balance uh, squad and I think he's obviously going to be looking around to see what is going on. And I think the big one as well is that fans checking their phone every morning when they wake up to make sure Anish Vermet is still a Wickham Wanderers player. You know, we're halfway through the window nearly, and he still is, so that's good news. So, yeah, we shall see. But, yeah, I think you're right. A couple more may go out uh, on loan or just to kind of focus that squad down again as well. And, and obviously it develops the players as well because game time is what it's all about. The loan system has been so good uh, in, in recent times, obviously, for Wickham as well, the players that have come in and, and had a real impact too. Yes, exactly that. You know, loan, the loan systems, when they're your players as well, even in, when they're going out to another club. I mean, Nick Freeman had this. He went to Leighton Orient on loan and, and, and has come back and established himself. And I think he's one of the most appearances of the season. I think he's in the top four or five players in the squad for appearances this season, which when you consider he was out on loan and had a long injury, he's done superbly well to get back in. So, yeah, and I think, you know, the loan thing is, is a good thing for everybody concerned because it, it, it's good for the player to get game time if they need to catch the eye of, the, of Gareth Ainsworth, or, albeit they might be thinking into the future and thinking, well, maybe my time at Wickham is coming to an end. And, and it's a win-win then, because then the players are in a better position to kick on, be that at Wickham or elsewhere. Um, and equally, when in the past, when we've had loan players coming in here, and at the moment we don't have any loan players in the building, but when they do come here, they're treated like they're one of, the, one of their own, and, and they tend to do well as well. And since we last spoke to you, Daryl Horgan obviously going to, to Stevenage, uh, a good move for him to get more, more first-team football as well. 
Yeah, and you know, Gareth Ainsworth was saying that you know he's he's aware of where where Daryl is in terms of his career, uh, where he is in in terms of his contract status, and it it just makes sense for him to be playing regular football, uh, and it's a good move. Of course, it's dropping down a division, but it's the top end of League Two, and you know they're they're looking like they're going to have a very successful end to this season. Unfortunately, he's cup tied, so he can't take part in the cup exploits that they've been doing recently. But in terms of getting out of League Two, um, it's them and Leighton Orient they're up the top there. Um, there's a title to be scrapped for, uh, not just promotion. Um, and obviously, any player would love to be involved in that as well. So, yeah, uh, like Gareth said earlier on today, you know, we wish Daryl all the best to that loan spell at Stevenage. And uh, I'm sure lots of Wickham fans will be keeping a close eye on him. Another news this week involving ex-players, Craig McHale-Smith, of course, announcing his retirement. Uh, of course, you have many, many memories of him and his performances uh, when at Adams Park. Yeah, great pro, not just for Wickham, but, you know, countless clubs down the years as well. Brighton, Peterborough, uh, Luton, uh, you know, he's, he was a, a real player and, you know, represented his country on a number of occasions as well. But yeah, I love watching him play for Wickham because he was a, you know, as you have to be here, a typical Gareth Fainsworth player. He really put a shift in for the team. Scored some memorable goals as well, some uh, uh, some injury time winners he chips in with. But yeah, really good player for Wickham Wanderers. We were playing a front three at the time. I think it was a slightly new position for him, but with a player of his calibre and his attitude, you always knew you were going to get you know, maximum effort and uh, yeah, it was a joy to watch and, and we wish him all the best for his retirement in football and be interesting to see if we can get him on comms one day. That would be good, wouldn't it? No, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to the game on Saturday. Uh, enjoy it yourself. Yeah, it's going to be a belter. Looking forward to it and yeah, three o'clock Saturday and uh, Adam's Park, the place to be. Always a pleasure to have Phil on the show. He'll be uh, bringing us the uh, the game live, as I say, on Wanderers TV and here on Wickham Sound on 106.6 FM. Uh, kick-off, of course, at 3 o'clock. Uh, your match build-up starts from midday uh, with uh, Rob and the team live from the car park. Uh, also, Adams Park staging uh, last week the Garantours Lunch, uh, something which is uh, stretched back uh, over 100 years. On this morning's mid-morning, we caught up with Travis Stroud, the Trust Director, to find out more. Yes, it started in 1911, uh, where 40 local businessmen agreed to provide a meal for the senior citizens of Wickham. Uh, and it's continued every year, with a couple of exceptions for COVID, uh, ever since. It's been in various places in the, in the town, but it, it's been at uh, Adams Park for a number of years now. And Wickham are uh, very, very proud to be able to support the event. A really nice occasion for, for, for so many, not just the, the sort of people who have attended, but also uh, those who are involved as well. Yeah, it is. It, it is a tremendous day. We had 88 guests. Um, and all the guests are uh, aged 80 or over. So the 88 guests had a combined age of 7,705 years and an average age of 87.5, with the oldest lady being 97 and the oldest gentleman 96. A fantastic social occasion as well for for them to sort of get together and, uh, as you say, for the club to be able to kind of host it and and really be involved in that way. It is, yes. I mean, all of the guests are collected from their homes uh, they're transported to Adams Park by the guarantors. They're served with a three-course lunch, entertainment, and then transported home again uh, with a goodie bag. And the whole event is paid for by the guarantors. And people like Steve Baker in attendance as well, and, and the mayor and the chairman of the council and, and Superintendent Emma Burrows from, from Hobbiton Police. That must be really special too. It was. It, it, it is a real community event. And to see uh, you know the, your local MP with his apron on serving, serving wine to the, the, uh, the guests was, uh, was excellent. And you must have had some great feedback as well from, from those who attended. It is humbling, really, in terms of the reaction we get. You know, it means so much to these, these people. They, they, they have friendships that they, they, they visit every year, and uh, they really look forward to it. And uh, it, it is just a, a tremendous event. 
and especially for this time of year as well because obviously January is, is a time where you know people think oh, it's quite miserable and after Christmas as well perhaps they might not see too many people yeah and we, we do it after Christmas on purpose obviously once the festivities are over um, there, there is perhaps a bit of a flat patch so uh, that gives people something to look forward to for the new year so uh, who are what or what are the guarantors it is just 40 local businessmen some active some retired and that tradition has stayed and as people retire then they are replaced but it is literally just a, the, a band of 40 uh, local businessmen and Wickham's connections with it have, have been uh, Wickham Wanderers connections have been very good our previous president Monty Seymour was a guarantor our current president Ivor Beeks is a guarantor obviously I'm involved with Wickham Wanderers and I'm a guarantor so that, there has been a, a, a long link between the club and the guarantors not only just providing facilities I was going to say, so nice to have that partnership between the, the club as well. And I've heard so many examples of how uh, football clubs generally, but obviously Wickham Wanderers are such a, a real part of the community and a real kind of hub as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mentioned the hub. Obviously, we've, we've got the warm hub, which is running through January and February on Tuesday and Thursday evenings, where people over 65 and a guest of theirs can come and have a free meal at the club and have some warmth and, and, and some, uh, some chat with, with, with old friends. So it, it is something we are trying to drive the club through in terms of much more interaction with the with the community. And some fantastic feedback from that. I'm sure um, people listening might have seen on, on the uh, High Wycombe Facebook page that Peter Cartwright attended and uh, and wrote so glowingly about the the occasion and uh, again how, how brilliant it was to see uh, old faces again and and so nice that you know um, representatives from the ex players association are there as well who would have played around the time that the older members of the community would would have watched them and a great chance for them to meet them too. Absolutely. And as, as we go through January and February, we will, get, we will try and get current players there uh, as well, uh, just to make it a, a, a real occasion for people, um, not just come down to, for the warmth, but to, uh, to make it a real event. And obviously the, the community is something that's really important to, to the Trust, and I know you do a lot of great work for, for One Can Trust as well, and the club's really supporting that charity as well. Yep, we have a collection every home game for, for One Can Trust, and we, we, we regularly have, have a car full to take back to, uh, to the warehouse. So, yes, it, it, is, it is about the community uh, and the football club should be at the centre of that community. So that, that is really what we're aiming to do. And brilliant that, you know, the people of a certain generation are, are being supported and there are facilities, you know, for them as well. Obviously, who are both, you know, fans of the club, but also, you know, just live locally too. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's something in terms of we, we, we want Adams Park to be welcome to everybody in the community. We have a lot of work going on in terms of inclusivity and diversity. Uh, that is very important to us. We want to be able to reach out to the entire community of High Wycombe. We've done a lot of good work with the Muslim community, encouraging them to come to football. But it's just working with the whole community and making sure that everybody feels welcome to be able to come down to Adams Park and, and hopefully watch a winning team. It's strange, isn't it? Because you just assume everyone knows. But I don't know, during the pandemic, especially when you know, there, there were vaccinations at, at the ground as well, and several people stopped me and said, oh, you know, how do I get to Adams Park? And you just assume people know that you know, it's there and, uh, and that what's available. Yeah, and we just have to drive it all the time. You're, you're absolutely right. We just assume that people know. But it's amazing when you talk to people that, that, that they don't. And it's really just getting that message out that says, you know, we have, a, we have a welcoming club. Whoever you are, you are welcome at Adams Park. And there really are some brilliant initiatives that, that you're involved in. As you say, that the Warm Hub and, and also other great work for, for the community and, and really nice way to people, for people to feel supported and, in, and involved and connected to the club too. It, it is. And, uh, and as I say, it, it, it's something which is, is top of our agenda uh, in terms of we are, we are working very hard um, as a club to make sure that there is inclusivity, that everybody feels welcome and, and comes down and enjoys themselves.
Uh, and obviously, if people come to the uh, to the warm hub, that's an opportunity to talk to people as well about what we're doing. That's fantastic. So it's Tuesdays and Thursdays from now and through, through till next month as well. Yep, January and February, Tuesdays and Thursdays from five until eight. And the food, the food is excellent. I can I can vouch for that. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Good to get the review of that as well. Worth going along for just for the food, I'd say. <laughs> Absolutely. Pleasure to be you. Thank you so much for your time. Not at all. Thank you very much. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers show, we'll hear from Wickham Wanderers women winger turned striker Sally Grimm, and we'll catch up with manager Gareth Ainsworth as well as we look ahead to the visit of Sheffield Wednesday to Adams Park, uh, which is where we head now, though. Uh, I'm very pleased to say uh, we can catch up with... Um, Someone who is uh, far too modest to say himself, but a Wickham Wanderers uh, hero uh, from the 1960s, Wickham Wanderers Ex-Player Association, Vince Faulkner. Hello, sir. Hello there. Good evening. How are you? Happy uh, New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. Um, very well, thank you. Hope you are too. Uh, thank you so much for, for uh, speaking to us uh, live. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Um, and really great to have you on. And also, of course, um, such a, a great cause that you're at as well. It's, it's night two of the, uh, the Social Warm Hub. That's right. Yes, we're down here again. It's the, uh, the second evening uh, this week. We did it on Tuesday. I've got my uh, co-committee man, uh, Keith Sanders, with me. We fronted it uh, with um, Mark and, uh, and everybody else down here. So we've had another 15 people here tonight. Um, we've had a lovely evening. Um, it's just coming to a conclusion. It was a lovely meal. And everybody's enjoyed it. They've been playing games and um, had a good old chat. So, yeah, it's been a very nice evening. Thank you. So many benefits. I mean, such a great social occasion for you know older members of the community, but also you know really great that yourself and, and Keith Samuels are there because you know I'm sure many people will come along in future and have already as well who've, who've seen you both play and, and, and must have great um, you know a great opportunity to sort of chat to you about your memories and, and theirs of watching you as well. Well, that's right. So thank you for that. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a good evening. Uh, the first evening on Tuesday we had eleven. Um, it's been word of mouth go around. Uh, people aren't just restricted to coming once; they can come. Uh, all the way through. It, this goes on uh, every Tuesday and Thursday through this month of January and right up until the end of February. So we're really hopeful that by, by the end of this, we've got uh, lots and lots more people to come down. Um, we've obviously got other ex-players lined up to come down and uh, sort of relieves Keith and I. Uh, we've got uh, people like Barry Baker, John Maskell and Len Worley have agreed to come along and, uh, and host the evenings as well. So we're, we're looking forward to that. When you said you had 11 on Tuesday, I thought you could have had a game. <laughs> Well, it was two five sides or whatever, yeah, near enough. <laughs> but that uh, yeah, was very good. So, obviously, you spend a lot of time at Adams Park as well. I mean, are there particular occasions that you often get asked about in, in games that uh, yourself and Keith were involved in? Well, yes, in actual fact, we've been sitting with a couple on the table tonight, been reliving the Bedford game and Blythe Spartans and various other bits and pieces. So, people um, from the sort of the over 65 eras have, uh, you know, have come down and asked us all about the games and everything else. So, it's a pleasure to be here and. Uh, you know, it's a, a nice family community club, as you know. It's been going on for years and years, and um, you know, I'm proud to be part of it. And I know as well when we spoke to you in your sort of your pro, uh, profile part of the show as well. A very memorable uh, game was when you were playing against Wickham, and there, there was a very quick goal in the, in the Bucks and Bucks. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was uh, club captain at the end of my career um, for Chesham, and uh, we played Wickham in the uh, semi-final of the Bucks and Bucks Cup. And um, yeah, I'm afraid a colleague of mine, Pete Johnson scored an own goal in five seconds. Um, unfortunately, we finished up losing that match, but we did um, eventually get to the final and win it, basically because uh, Graham McKenzie, who I met for the first time again at our recent club dinner, um, uh, had played previously in the tournament. Um, so they, you know, the game was cancelled and, and we, got, uh, we carried through. 
So uh, we went on to win the to win the final and uh, and, and lifted the trophy. So um, yeah, it was uh, it was one of those games. I think the record's just been beaten now. This record stood for a number of years, but I think it's been beaten now by the quickest own goal. But uh, yeah, a colleague of mine, Pete Johnson, was unfortunate enough to do that. I'm really great for the Ex-Players Association to be involved in this initiative, obviously with the, the foundation and, and club sponsors' dreams as well. A really fantastic community thing that, that people can come along to you know, this month and, and next month and, and enjoy the food and enjoy great company as well. Well, this is right. No, it's been a pleasure to come down. Um, I live sort of away. I live up in Buckingham now, but it's a pleasure to come down. Um, and as I said earlier, I'm part of the Ex-Players Committee, along with Keith and John Maskell. And, um, you know, it's a pleasure to be, be to be part of it and, um, you know, to see the club continue to grow. So anyone who's over the age of 65, you can, you can bring a guest as well. It's called the Warm Hub. It's Adams Park at Monty's. Uh, obviously, we can recommend the food as well. Uh, great company. And- That's right. So in actual fact, there's only one person who needs to be 65 because if people are struggling for transport, then they can get, a, you know, a son, a daughter, a grandson or somebody to bring them down and be a guest of their guest, if you understand me so. Yeah, it's um, it's not just necessarily for the over 65s. Predominantly, it is, but you can have somebody bring you along who's not that age and still stay for the evening. And you never know who you might bump into. There was some, some feedback on, online from uh, Peter Cartwright who came along on Tuesday and, and he saw some people that, that knew him from, from years ago. That's uh, right. It's a really great opportunity yeah. to, to sort of rekindle relationships again. Well, that's right. And also, as well, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, Mr. Kuhig's been in this evening as well with his wife, Missy. Um, they've just flown in from the States. They come over for a board meeting and also to see the Sheffield Wednesday game on Saturday. So they came in, uh, Rob Kuhig and also Trevor Stroud, who's on the board. Uh, so they've been in here as well. And also this evening, Joe Jacobson stuck his head in as well and introduced himself. So it was, uh, you know, another stage as well. It was very good. You literally never know who might turn up. Well, this is true. This is true. A fantastic you don't initiative. Just get me. <laughs> <laughs> and as you say, other members from the Ex Players Association as well, and people like Len Worley and Barry Baker, who we spoke to um, a few weeks back as well. That's right, that's right. And, and I think Paul what... Maskell, the goalkeeper who played oh, over 700 games in the club, is a legend. So, yeah, it's, um, it's all working very well. It's going in the right direction. And Mark Gateschool has done a very good job in getting everything together. And his staff here, they've been more than welcoming. And um, no, it's a pleasure to be part of it. I was going to say, you must find it really rewarding as well, yourself and Keith, just to, to be able to share you know, experiences of, of, of fans and, and perhaps even people who've, who've not been to the ground before. No, that's right. That's right. I mean, so there are a number of people when you speak to them, you know, do you come and watch the games? Oh, no, we just heard it were the mail, so we thought we'd come and give it a try. And we're coming back. <laughs> So they may even come to games as well, which will be good. No, absolutely. And so important at this time of year as well, January, you know, just after Christmas and uh, you know, with the weather not being too good, the temperature is set to drop again you know, next week. It's really nice to be able to offer the older members of the community somewhere to go a couple of days a week. Well, that's absolutely right as well with the heating situation as it is as well. And obviously with the food and you know, cost of everything these days, it's, it's, it's nice that uh, Dreams and obviously the council and everybody else are putting themselves aside to, uh, to assist the community. It's lovely. And some sad news um, for the Ex-Players Association recently as well. Uh, Brian Lee, the ex-manager, has lost his wife as well. That, that's... Oh, that's right. Yeah, Shirley Ann, unfortunately, was a lovely lady. Um, great support to Brian. And uh, over the years, she's been down here with, uh, when he was at the football club and with the FA. And she'll be sorely missed. Um, and the, the second one I had this week as well was uh, a gentleman, Bill Clear, who's a renowned or was a renowned referee in this area. Um, we went to his wife's funeral, unfortunately, on Monday. So, uh, unfortunately, it uh, seems to be part and parcel at the moment. But, uh, you know, we wish Brian well. And um, obviously, our thoughts are with Brian uh, and the family. And, um, you know, we will be attending the funeral as and when we know when the date is. 
And someone else we lost not that long ago as well was uh, John Reardon, of course, but there's a fantastic tribute uh, coming to him uh, at the club later this month as well. Well, that's right. I'm, I'm pleased to say that the ex-players have you know, managed to play a large part in that with our charity for last year, 2022. We've financed uh, with Mark. We've managed to uh, put some money into there to uh, refurbish the, the building that's being opened by Martin O'Neill on the 30th. So uh, that's going to be a great day. Uh, I think there'll be up to about 60 people invited guests here. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to another super day. And a great tribute to, to someone who's had so many roles at the club, of course. Well, of course. he Well, well I think JDT, John Taylor, has mentioned it. He is known as Mr Wickham. And I think that just sums up what everybody's feelings for him are. And great to have a room sort of in his memory that, that you know, people perhaps who, who are younger fans who, who perhaps aren't aware of the contribution that he had at the club can, can really appreciate. Absolutely right. I mean, so I've had the pleasure of seeing it. It's near its conclusion and it's, you know, it's a credit to Mark and his team on what they've done. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a real tribute to, uh, to John and I'm sure his family will be really appreciative of it when it's finished. Now, on a, on a lighter note, we should talk about the, uh, uh, the Ex-Players Association annual quiz, which I know is something ah, that, you're, you're, that you're heavily involved in as well. That's right. Yeah, unfortunately, myself and John Maskell, we, uh, we organised that. It will be our 12th event this year. And, and I'm pleased to say that's on the 25th of March. Start at 7.30. Everybody's welcome. It's a single course meal. It's a, it's a brilliant evening, although I say it myself. Um, and I'm pleased to say that the first four to actually commit themselves to it were the four previous winners. So um, we've got the Balder Knights who won it last year. Um, then we've got an actual fact, Trevor Stroud's team, which were things did get better. He, he named that the, the year before things might get better. Well, they won it the next year and said things did get better. Uh, then you've got Rod Lavers from the uh, from the, the, the Chinner organisation, and then you've got Mike Knox School for Scandal. So we've got four people or four teams that have won it in the last four years, all coming back again to uh, to go for the trophy. So this sounds like a very fun event, but also uh, something which people must take very seriously as well. Well, if we do, and I may say we, we do, as probably as you know, with the Ex Players Association, we do four events a year. Uh, we do the quiz, which starts the season off uh, in March. We do the bowls day, which is in June. We do a golf day in July. And then we have the big annual dinner, uh, which JDT and uh, Alan Hutchinson organise, uh, which is done in November. And all of those fees and all the monies raised go to the charity, which we are going to nominate on our next meeting or committee meeting on the 7th of February. And then we'll let everybody know which will be the 2023 charity. I think that's one of the great things about the ex-players as well. Obviously, not only that it brings you know, so many generations of, of players together, but you know, raises money for such good causes and, and also helps the club so much as well. Well, that's right. I mean, so we've been going, as we said, over 12 years now, and we've raised in excess, I think, of £30,000 that we, we've donated back out into the, the wider charity world. Um, we've done everything that we can, and, um, you know, long may it continue. It really feels like that the ex-players is, is, is going from strength to strength, especially after the pandemic when, you know, you, you, know, you obviously had, could, could be less active. But, you know, as you say, there are events coming back now and, 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 and so many uh, wanting to sort of benefit from, from the activities that you can offer. Well, that's right. I mean, so you're quite right. The, you know, the pandemic did put a block on everything, but we kept going behind the scenes. We had sort of, you know, phone call meetings and various other bits and pieces. And we've continued on. And as I say, we were fortunate enough to raise you know, a substantial amount of money to put to the John Reardon Fund this year. So we were pleased about that. And so much to celebrate about the club as well. You know, just some of the things that we've spoken about alone, that, you know, the Reardon Room and, you know, this, this warm hub that's happening, so much that the foundation does as well. Well, that's right. That's right. I mean, so it's a pleasure, as I say, to meet Mark. He's just taken over here and he's doing, I will say, he's doing a superb job. 
And, um, you know, it's been a pleasure to be part of, of literally everything that's going on at the club at the moment. And really nice that the ex-players can have a presence at the, at the games as well. I'm sure uh, you and, and many others will be there on, on Saturday as well to see you. Well, we do. Let me say, yeah, there's a number of ex-players, um, John Bignall and myself. We do uh, a tour around on Saturdays. We take the players around to the boxes um, to introduce them to people who are, are, are raised or had the boxes for dinners on that day. And we take the players that are not playing on the day and introduce them to them. So that's another thing that we do as an aside. So how can people find out more if they want to, to get involved in any of the things that we've, we've spoken about? Sorry? How can people find out more if they want to get involved in any of the things we've spoken well, about? Well, if they can, well, they can contact the club. Basically, John Taylor does a brilliant newsletter that goes out. Um, and obviously, there's uh, online situations with the club. And there's an ex-players uh, line as well. So they can find out all of that through JDT. And the Warm Hub runs for the rest of this month and next month. Um, you can it, book, it book it in runs. advance. It's right. It runs uh, every Tuesday and every Thursday for the remainder of January and February. And fans may well be lucky enough to, to meet you there as well. Oh, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> I've done two, so we, we should probably be here for more. But as I say, Keith and myself are fronting it on behalf of the ex-players at the moment. And, um, you know, long may it continue. And I'll just hope that more people come down. Well, it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show. And thank you so much for your time. No, it's a pleasure, and thank you for the courtesy. Lovely. Uh, Vince Faulkner speaking to us here at Wickham Sound from the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, currently at Ernest Park at uh, the Warm Hub, as we say, uh, which is on a Tuesday and Thursday evening, uh, run by the Foundation and Club Sponsored Dreams, of course, uh, launched this week at night two tonight, and it uh, sounds like it's going from strength to strength. And, of course, a big thank you to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association as well. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Final part of the Wickham Wanderer show. What already? <laughs> Goes so quick, doesn't it? Uh, still to come, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth. We'll find out what uh, the team are doing with their weekend off. Uh, we'll uh, talk a bit about the transfer window. Only a little bit. <laughs> Not giving too much away, obviously. And uh, preview the visit of Sheffield Wednesday to Adams Park on Saturday. Uh, set to be a bumper attendance at Adams Park. But first, we turn our attention to Wickham Wanderers women, uh, who are next in action uh, next week. Uh, their uh, first game of 2023 was due to be at Eastleigh on Sunday, but uh, the weather put paid to that. Uh, but uh, going pretty well, a uh, team in transition, as I'm, I'm sure you've heard, uh, with uh, Craig and Dan uh, taking over. We spoke to Dan, I think that was last week, wasn't it? Uh, and uh, this week uh, we're speaking to uh, Sally Grimm, who uh, has been promoted, if that's the right word, I think it is, uh, taking the uh, step up from the reserves uh, to the first team. And uh, as you can imagine, is rather enjoying her time. Yeah, it's been really good. I've enjoyed stepping up to the first team. I did really enjoy playing with the reserves, but it's just nice to know that you can progress through the ranks. Because it's nice, isn't it? You're a great sort of example of, it must be really, really nice for other other players to kind of look up to, if you like, as well, and see that there is that pathway to, to, to make it to the first team. Yeah, I guess um, the under-18s, knowing that there is a way for them to go through the reserves and all the way up to the first team, um, it'd be really nice, yeah. And how have you found the switch in terms of level and and kind of general experience? You can tell with the experience side, the new league, there are a lot older, more experienced players. But with the right team around you, it feels like just just a football match. (laughs) Does it feel like a real sort of step up for you as well? Yeah, I think there is a change in the quality of play, which I think was nice when you feel ready that you can step up to a higher quality. And you've had a change of position as well. What's that been like? 
yeah, it's been it was tough at the beginning. I've always been a winger, but being more central, taking up that nine spot, it's really made me work more on scanning and being able to turn either way. I no longer have a line to follow. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you say have been some of the highlights of your your own time in the first team so far? I guess well, stepping up to the first team, my first first game playing with them against, I think Oxford City, it was just. Even though we didn't necessarily win, it was like such a great experience. And just when when you have like a good achievement in the game, it's just it's really good. And didn't you get player of the match? Uh, seem seem to get all of all of the things that comes with the first game managed to come come with mine. But yeah, it was good. That must be really nice for you as well to kind of announce your arrival, if you like, and show that you're you know you're right for that level. Yeah, it's just now Now you need to keep it up. <laughs> now I need to keep it up, so yeah. No, definitely. Is there real competition for places in the team, would you say? Yeah, I think, obviously, with the pathway up through the reserves and under-18s, there's always competition between who starts, who's playing, and even bringing in people, external people from other teams. There's always like a competition which i guess keeps you playing at your best so how would you assess how the season's gone so far because obviously there have been some disappointing results but i guess you know it's a season of transition for the team and and also there have been some great sort of moments of character as well where you fought back from being like four or three goals down as well yeah definitely i think we're seventh or so in the league but we could easily bump up to fourth fifth um winning our next few games but having the change of management it was definitely I think a shift at the beginning, but now we're settling in. I think it could go really well for the rest of the season. So, how have you found that sort of the new sort of ways of working with the with the coaches and obviously playing a sort of a new home ground as well? Burnham's great. It's got such great facilities there, and we're really lucky to have that. And with the new management, I've really enjoyed it because we've incorporated like the teams together. So. You can train if you're in the under-18s with the first team, which I guess is really nice to know that you are being watched by, obviously, Dan and Carl, and there is opportunities there for you. And has it made a real difference training twice a week now as well? Yeah, it's, uh, you can you can tell it's made a difference training those Tuesdays and Thursdays, having two opportunities to work on what you've done on Sundays. It's been really good. And does it feel like you know the whole team is really close? Not only well, the whole squad really, not just the first team, but as you say, the, the whole group, the under eighteens and the reserves as well. Yeah, I think so. There are definitely like groups, of course, within, but training together, I think, really helps like bridge gaps between teams. And obviously, that you've not played for a little while, and you you not had a, a first game of the year yet because uh, last last week's game was off. But it must be a real, uh, really sort of exciting sort of to start the new year. As you say, so much to look forward to, and hopefully, climb the table. Yeah, definitely. I think our next game's um, the 22nd in a home game. So it'd be really nice to get back into. We did have a training match on Sunday, but um, yeah, it'll be really good to get back into the league fighting spirit. <laughs> and do you sort of set yourself targets and, and things you'd like to achieve in the remainder of the season? Yeah, of course. It'd be really nice to finish off the season on a high with the team. But yeah, I guess everyone has personal goals as well. And what would you say to anyone who's not yet come to see any of your games? As you say, another opportunity coming up at Burnham next week. Yeah, 
it's such a great place to come and watch football because you've obviously got the stands, you've got the bars, you've got the food that they sell there as well. It's not just standing on the side of the field in a in a in a playground. It's, it feels like you're coming to watch the game, not just be there also uh, many thanks to uh, sally grim uh, downley resident currently studying a levels uh, the final year of those uh, after how they were going she said she's coping <laughs> i think it's very good uh, achievement definitely for uh, a levels don't forget the under 18s and reserves in action this weekend as well in other news uh, we've drafted uh, luke in for the uh, not- return of the notice board section to the show good evening and good luck to sally for the uh, completion of her a levels yes uh, in other news, David Wheeler is the special guest at the next online session of Chair Boys Chat. You might have heard uh, Mark and Kirk speaking about this from the Wickham Wanderers Foundation really recently. It takes place on Monday. Uh, he follows in the footsteps of former player Scott Davis, who led the discussion on mental health and well-being at this week's session via Zoom. Monday's event will also feature a talk from Men's Nap, who support men's mental health through photo- phot- photography projects. That was nearly quite bad. I think that's Men's Snap. I think you're right. Yeah. Didn't you speak to them? Yes. Well done. <laughs> yes, they were a guest on there. They were. Um, <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Hopefully that bit won't be in the podcast version. <laughs> oh, it will. <laughs> men's snap. There we go. Not men's nap. No, that's just that's, like, that's silly. For people that want to doze or something. <laughs> yeah, no, you spoke to them. They're made up of a professional photographer and a psychologist. Well I done. remember now. See? Thank you for pointing that You're out. You're welcome. If only we'd rehearse that bit a bit better. Uh, Chairboys Chats and Anista run by Wickham Wanderers Foundation, uh, which is launched earlier this season with in-person sessions on match days and uh, is now uh, trialling, on Anissa trailing, uh, an online uh, variety through uh, this month as well. You can find more details on the Wickham Wanderers website. Thank you so much for pointing that out. So uh, you can tell it's live, though. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we wouldn't have done that if it was, no. was pre recorded. Uh, still to come, we'll hear from uh, manager Gareth Ainsworth. You've got some news for the notice board as well. Uh, yes, you may have seen. Uh, this was, uh, it just missed last week's show, sadly. Uh, but Anis Mometi, uh, who celebrated a birthday this week, happy birthday, uh, was named as one of the EFL's 21 under 21s. Uh, although the next day he was he turned 22, but he just about made it, uh, which is great. And he's had a, a, a brilliant season so far. And I think a lot of people, uh, including Nigel, who will be back with us on Saturday, uh, have a have a bromance with Anis. Absolutely. He's, he's been brilliant. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, of course, the uh, fixture at Adams Park is uh, closing in on a sellout. So if you've not yet got your tickets uh, for the visit of the Owls, which last season, of course, was the biggest and saw a, a large Spanish uh, contingent attend, which you spoke to one of them. Of course. Yeah, I forgot that was that was very good. That was a, v- a great atmosphere. And the big question for Saturday will be, is Stocko playing? Yes. Will he be returning? Can we play the bing bong David Stockdale's here? <laughs> Absolutely. He did so well, didn't he, with his, uh, his ad- advertising I slogans know. last season. It's very good. And it'll be great to see Adams Park uh, full again. And it'll be great to be back. First one of the year. I was going to say, it feels like so long <laughs> it since, really we had, does. since we had football at Adams Park. Last time it was snowing. It was probably, <laughs> it was probably in a couple of weeks ago, though, was it? Uh, no, yeah, a bit more than that. about a month ago, I reckon. Right. Yeah, because it's already the 12th of January. So, yeah, I reckon about a month ago. Yes. So if we're not careful, we've got uh, quite a bit of uh, fixture congestion because the Oxford game obviously has been rearranged. The Fleetwood game as well because they're in the FA Cup action later this month. Uh, that was due to be on the 28th of January. So a few Tuesday night games to uh, look forward to coming up as well. A uh, busy month at uh, Wickham sitting uh, just outside the uh, the playoff places at the moment in a real good position to uh, to really kick on. Yeah, I think it's a great place to be. I think, you know, I think Gareth said, uh, um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I don't think there would have been some people in the fan base that would have thought we would be where we are now. But, you know, no one's really talking about Wickham. It's what Gareth likes. He can sort of just, you know, 
Hopefully, if Anis doesn't leave as well, that would be that would be great. And I think we are in a, a great position for the second half of the season. Yes, we are avidly keeping an eye out for uh, transfer news at the club, uh, both uh, incomings and outgoings. Have you noticed they keep like doing sort of tweets that are about Anis that could be like he's going, but they're not. Oh, no, uh, it's very funny. Well done, Matthew Sesson. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, please stay, Anis. Yeah, uh, we, we need you. Um, <laughs> but always um, fantastic to watch as well. And, and other young players, great to see uh, Lewis Wing uh, getting on the score sheet a few times recently as well. Uh, TJ, of course, who wish him well in his recovery. He could be uh, uh, featuring as early as Saturday, but uh, Gareth still to make a decision on uh, whether he'll stop. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Supermax as well in goal has been absolutely brilliant. No, absolutely. And uh, um, picking some of his, uh, his uh, playlist picks as well, they, they really stand out. <laughs> they were really good. Dobbo's this week, which you can watch on um, the pre-match drills, I forgot what it's called, on the Wanderers TV at the moment, but we'll play some on Saturday as well. Good mix. Absolutely. Very different to the manager. Oh, very, very. It's, what, it's why they get on so well. Yeah, no, it's definitely quite, perhaps not what you'd expect from uh, Richard Dobson. But <laughs> Yeah, so very interesting uh, choices from him there. And as you say, of course, uh, live commentary from Adam Spark and, and match build-up from midday as well. Yeah, we'll be live in the car park from 12 and Phil Catchpole and Toby, I believe, uh, will be your commentary team on Saturday from 3 o'clock. I think it'll be a bit wet. I think... It, no, it's going to stop raining at 12. It'll oh, be while it? we're putting the gazebo up, so we'll be wet. They'll be fine. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, lots to look forward to. Anything else from the notice board section? Uh, no, that's it for this week. If you have anything, twws at wickhamsound.org.uk. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, still to come, uh, or should I say, uh, to, to wrap up uh, the final part uh, of the show a little earlier on this morning as part of uh, the media briefing, we caught up with manager Gareth Ainsworth at the training ground who uh, let us in a little on uh, uh, what's been going on at uh, the club in the last uh, sort of week or so without a game at the weekend. Yeah, players have had a bit of time off. I've, I've been in a little bit, uh, planning, future planning for the club and, and, and things. And, uh, and it's been nice, been a, a bit of a rest. And, and to be fair, the weather was terrible last week as well. So we we, uh, we struggled to get on the training ground a little bit. Our training ground seems to get the the weather times ten, whatever the weather is, we'll, we'll get it times ten at the uh, at, at line end. Uh, but um, it's uh, been test this week, you know, training in different places, and so the injury risk of training on such a wet surface is always high. So we we try and uh, we try and utilise pitches around the local area and and quality pitches. Uh, you know, Bishop Abbey has been used a couple of times and things like that. So it's been testing but uh it's been a nice break as well you know especially on the back of a, of a 3-0 win away at Peterborough boys were sensational that day and uh and we're looking forward to getting uh getting you know in, into Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday because it's going to be a good crowd it's going to be a, a big game obviously in the league and uh I've, always, I've, I've said you know anyone who finishes above Sheffield and and, and Ipswich probably and will definitely be in the playoffs and and I think they'll be automatically promoted as well I think those two are going to be the teams that uh, people will need to catch you hear people say, you know, sometimes a break can come at a good time if 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 team's not in good form or has a lot of injuries. And then, you know, conversely, if, if a team's doing well in momentum, then, you know, it can interrupt that. Is that something you feel as a manager or is, is that more of a sort of a, a myth, really? Uh, no, it, it, obviously, the time with injuries is, is, is vital and, you, and you've got to... You've got to take that into consideration. So definitely the week, another week has, has helped the injured players. Momentum is uh, is in the mind and, and that's up to me and my staff now to make sure that the boys are on it and keep this rolling, keep this train going because the boys have been really good lately. Really, really good. And we've had some tests, you know, I've had some real moments and some incidents, you know, thinking about the TJ thing at the end of the game at Plymouth and, you know, coming back and the changing of the team. And it's been a real productive month and it's up to us to keep reminding the boys that they're in a good place and uh and we can uh, we can go and have a go at anyone. Hopefully the legs are rested and uh, and we'll spring into action again at three o'clock on Saturday. And congratulations to yourself for being nominated for the the manager of the month. But a real sort of endorsement for what the team has done, and obviously your backroom staff as well in the last sort of few weeks. 
Yeah, listen, manager of the month should be renamed to uh, uh, everyone who works at the club of the month because it's uh, it's it's a team effort. It always is, you know. And I think that um, every person, every little person who who does it our way and does it the Wickham way and is a part of the culture, they'll play a part, you know. So there's there's people in the offices, there's people in the media, there's people in the staff, there's people in the chef, there's people, all, all of them. Everyone adds to what Wickham are. So uh, it's nice that. I'm I'm head of it and and yeah I'll get the stick when it goes wrong and I, but I don't mind that that's fine that's that's broad shoulders and I'll take that and I'll take all the pressure off everyone else but when we do achieve I think that it's nice to uh, to give everyone some credit because they've all bought into what I believed in at the start you know what well, maybe not the start but after 18 months of management you know what I when I tried to believe in and uh, and it's been a steady progression so yeah it's great to uh, to be nominated but um. As always, it's uh, it's a club effort, and uh, players have been fantastic for me, especially uh, especially over the, the busy Christmas week. I imagine January brings extra challenges as well with the, the transfer window. Are there a particular anything you can say about you know, areas that you're looking to, to strengthen in, or, or perhaps you know inquiries that you've had about players? Um, you know, I'm not going to tell you about any inquiries. <laughs> End that one there. But, uh, yeah, uh, we've we've definitely uh, we've definitely identified a few places that we may we may want to look at to be stronger. Let's see, you know, injuries come into play here and uh, and obviously um, what we're going to need. And, and you need a crystal ball, Colin, sometimes to see what you're going to need in, in March and April. But, um, you know, we lost uh, Anis and Brandon last year at crucial times and, and Wingy got sent off, you know. So it, you can never you can never sort of uh, just judge this. It's, uh, it's a bit of luck, I, th- I think, as well. But, um, you know, I'm glad that Daryl Hogan's going to go and get games at Stevenage. That's really good for him. I think there'll be one or two more on the fringes going out, but keeping all of the uh, the regulars, I think, will be um, will be a, a good window for us. And uh, and maybe there'll be one or two, but um, you know, Rob's backing me. It's not like there's no funds there, but uh, as always, I uh, I need to be totally sure, right time, right place, right player, right price as well, and that's important for me. So I won't overpay for players because uh, I won't, won't ever want to put this club in danger of. Uh, of things that other clubs have, have been in, you know. So we'll steadily do it, but we'll do it the right way. And it really feels like, you know, that what, what you sort of said would, would happen is kind of happening in terms of the you know, second half of the season, players are coming back and, and the, the team's doing, you know, so much better in this in this period. And, and a really nice way to start 2023, as you say, with, with Sheffield Wednesday coming to town and what looks like a, a bumper crowd on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, uh, <laughs> it's only one game of the second half of the season. So we've got to be careful, you know. It's... Uh, it's uh, it's been re- really good Christmas, you know, and uh, and I knew that when we got the players back, when we got the, uh, you know, the the the, the way we want to play and, and everyone buying into everything, I knew that the second half would be good, but I don't want to have to eat my words and have a poor poor second half of the season. We've had a really decent first half of the season. You know, if we if we go again, we'll be we'll be somewhere near those playoffs uh, with it with the same tally of points, but um. I want to try and push and push as much as we can. You never know what could happen, but um, no, really happy with where we are and uh, hopefully we get a win on Saturday as well. Fantastic. And just finally, a quick word on the, the Warm Hub, which is obviously something I'm sure you're aware of that the, the club's doing that launched this week and it is on again tonight. A uh, fantastic opportunity for the older members of the community to come along. But what's really nice as well with the ex-players is that, you know, people like Vince Faulkner and Keith Samuel will be there and great opportunity for, for people who've seen them play, you know, in the past to kind of have a chat with them and, and sort of relive what they used to watch the club doing. Absolutely, you know it's it's great that the club does these things. I was with the foundation the other day, you know, doing um, something nice for them. And Mark, Mark was very, very good. And and uh, we we um 
we want to reach out to our community. You know, it's, 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 they give us so much and uh, we always ask for more and more and more and keep coming down and giving us your money. But we, we do want to be known as a club that, that also gives back as well. And I think that the older, the older generation definitely, um, the demographic around here is, is important to, to look after, especially with the, you know, the, the crisis of the fuel bills and the, and the, the cost of living at the moment. And if we can chuck in a couple of ex legends as well, they're great. They're a great double act. Those two, they're, they're brilliant. They really are. And I'm sure that they'll, uh, they'll be entertaining and, uh, really, really proud to have them as part of the club and, and two former brilliant players as well. So just great to be involved with, uh, with Wickham and, uh, and those moments at the moments, which, which are important. You know, the football's great, but there's, uh, there's definitely more important things in the world than football. Pleasure to speak to you, the manager. As always, uh, wish him and the team all the best uh, for Saturday, Adams Park against Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, the Champ Boys sitting just two play- uh, two points outside the playoff places at the moment in seventh. Uh, Saturday's opponents, Sheffield Wednesday, of course, uh, currently in the automatic places, uh, them and uh, Plymouth uh, getting a bit uh, ahead at the moment. We talked about the... Uh, uh, game coming up, uh, which has been rearranged, I should say, uh, which was due to be played against uh, Fleetwood uh, at the end of this month on the 28th. That's been rearranged for uh, March the 7th. Uh, after Sheffield Wednesday's game, uh, it's a trip to Bristol Rovers. Uh, that's come up the following Saturday, 21st, and then 24th of January, uh, that rearranged game at home to Oxford. Uh, that's on a Tuesday night. Uh, lots to look forward to uh, coming to Adams Park, and uh, if you're following home or away, in fact, of course, uh, if you can't get to any of the games, don't forget live commentary on uh, Wanderers TV and of course here on Wickham Sound on 106.6 on a Saturday or maybe even a Tuesday evening as well uh, back next week hope you've enjoyed the show another Wickham Wanderers ex-player to uh, speak to uh, one who's very recently announced his uh, retirement from football there's a clue and, and <laughs> lots more to come as well including uh, other transfer news as the uh, transfer window continues I will have Phil on again of course and uh, more from the manager looking back at uh, the game against Sheffield Wednesday which of course hasn't actually happened yet and uh, we'll be previewing the trip to Bristol Rovers as well next Saturday today have a fantastic week uh, whatever you're up to and uh, speak to you again at the same time next week don't forget there's a podcast version of the show wherever you get your podcasts from as well where you can listen at your leisure <laughs>